Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, today I've got the Patty Mayonnaise, Yoga Jones, Miss Connie Schulman. Connie, how are you? I'm great. I'm looking at all your cute little characters you've got back there. It's, uh, if you ask my wife, uh, she says it's a sickness. <laughs> oh, but um, it's a, like if, you know, in the range of sicknesses, it's a good one. Yeah, I suppose. I love so. that. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, I, like I could interview you, do you know what I mean? Because I have like, <laughs> when did that start? How old were you when you got your first little thing? Yeah, but. I'd say about 90% of this stuff has just gotten uh, throughout the years. Like the stuff up on top is a lot of Christmas gifts from my wife and kids right. and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So the bulk and, of it is, is as an adult. Yeah. Uh, right, a, right when yeah. I got out of the Navy, I started buying more stuff. So um, it's, it's filled out quite nicely if I can't say so myself. So no, it's really sweet. You know, what I've found out is I've gotten older that people, kids that watch Doug have gotten older too. <laughs> and they're not 12 year olds coming up and saying something to me. They're all like, you know, early thirties. And it still sort of takes me back when like a, a 34 year old will come up and say, oh my gosh. Cause I, you know, I, I'm still thinking everybody is a 12 year old. Well, I mean, it's, I guess it's all about perspective because depending on my on my day and temperament, uh, I could be a 12-year-old from time to time, but it just depends on the day and what, yeah, what kind of TV shows or movies you're watching and what kind right. of thought process because get elicited from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I guess I just want to thank you again for doing this. It was uh, really, uh, I guess one of the first cartoons I remember seeing as a kid was Doug and I didn't realize that you were in Orange is the New Black until I was walking by my wife watching it because she watches her shows and I watch our, my shows. And then a lot of times we'll like, oh, man, this is really good. Or she'll say, oh, man, this is really good. I got to get him or I got to get her. And then I remember seeing you or hearing you when I was walking by and I'm like, oh, shit, that's Patty Mayonnaise. My wife's like, what'd you say? And I'm like, that's Patty Mayonnaise. And then she didn't believe me. So I Googled you. I showed her to you. And she's like, wow, you've got a lot of useless knowledge up there in their head. <laughs> I said, exactly. <laughs> but uh, how did you get onto, uh, onto Doug and playing Patty? Oh, okay. It's, it's actually, actually a pretty cool story. I, um, uh, I can't remember what year it was that mm -hmm. it started. You would probably know better than me. Either it was late 80s or early 90s. But I, um, I can't... You, I used to take aerobics. It was when aerobics was really, yeah. um, Pilates now is the new aerobics, but aerobics mm -hmm. was everything. There was a studio on the Upper West Side um, that I used to go to all the time. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time that I was going to take these exercise classes, I was doing a series of, I became a spokesperson for Kraft Mayonnaise. Mm -hmm. And I started doing all these mayonnaise commercials and yeah. it was just me. And I had this big wig on. And so I was, I was on these um, commercials for years. So these commercials about mayonnaise were running. Mm -hmm. I was taking this aerobics class. Uh, one of the aerobics instructors came up to me and said, my husband is, um, making this wants to make this uh cartoon uh -huh. he heard your voice watching your mayonnaise commercial and he was like that's the voice i want to use for one of the characters and she was like oh she's in my aerobics class mm -hmm. i can ask her you know i can ask her for you yeah and so she did and she said would you mind coming up to our home and recording uh, something for my husband of this thing that he's written. 
And, you know, I was like, it's so funny because now I'd be like, would I have just gone? Mm-hmm. You know, but this is ch- uh, changing times. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, sure. And so um, I went up to their house. They were up near me. I went up to their house and he had a little recorder mm-hmm. and he had, you know, some of the material out. Maybe told me a little bit about it. I mean, it was really early. Yeah. And so I recorded a couple of things for him and I left and I would see her, you know, at aerobics again. And um, I didn't think anything of it. You know, I'm like, okay, it's just some something that's going to go nowhere. Like a lot of things do. And then I don't know whether it was a couple of months later, but my agent called me and said, so they want to record some episodes for this Doug thing. I hadn't even remembered that he was calling it. (laughs) So I was like, what are you talking about? And then, and then the rest is sort of history, but that's how it started for me. Now, so you never know who you're going to meet in your exercise class, I guess. I mean, I I should start doing exercise classes. (laughs) We usually just walk around the neighborhood with our dogs my wife and my kid, and we'll ride bikes and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm going to have to try aerobics. And you said Pilates is the new aerobics. Right. (laughs) Um, Did you know when you were not so much when you record it, when you went and, you know, uh, they're like, Hey, we pose the idea, come up here and record. So after that, and your agent called you um, Mm -hmm. and you started recording for the show. Did you know, like you were onto something here? Did you guys know this was going to be as big as it was? Well, I, um, I didn't watch cartoons as a kid or as an adult. And I had just had my son and he was very little. So he was like a year old. So he hadn't watched cartoons either. So I didn't know. I wasn't in that world to know whether something was going to be a big hit or not in that animated world. But um, I think what I did know is that the group of people that, uh, first of all, it started with Jim Jenkins. And when you meet him, you know that something special is going to happen because he's um, just an extraordinary soul Mm -hmm. and he's Doug and he's the best of all of us and so meeting him I think I thought being the special person he is whatever he's gonna touch here is gonna be extraordinary so that was one thing and then at that point when it was at Nickelodeon we were all in the booth together recording And he had assembled this um, incredible group of voice actors. And I'm not a voice actor. So I was the one person sort of that he got that didn't didn't do voiceovers. Um, They were all had incredible skills Mm -hmm. at manipulating their voice and doing things with it. So they all played many, many characters. I didn't do that because I'm an actress with a funny voice. <laughs> Those are two different, two different yeah. worlds. But I, to answer your question, after meeting him and then meeting the group of voiceover actors he had assembled, I guess I did think this was, it had to be as special as um, Jim Jenkins was. Yeah. Well, that, that's completely understandable. I mean, you had you, you had Billy West, you had Fred Newman, you had all yeah. of these, these, what would later to be not so much huge because it's such a small word, but it's these voices of your childhood, the voices that you hear. And it's yeah. not so much you hear it just on one show. You hear it. Like I said, I knew you on the show. And that's the whole reason I started watching Orange is the New Black, because I was a guy it was mainly a female cast, which is yeah. completely stupid to think about it like that. But it's like, it's probably just not for me. Like a lot of stuff is there's just stuff that's yeah. not out there for me. Of and course. you know, there's, but it there's stuff for out me there. either. Yeah. I mean, that show wasn't for me either. Um, but um, the power of the voice is really interesting because I would say that um, was the best job I've ever had because th- because that's all you've got. Yeah. And you, 
and to sort of be able to bring everything that you need to just in the voice. We know how powerful the voice is. We, yeah. we know it. So and, um, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, finish that. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that made that, um, that work experience, mm -hmm. um, probably the greatest job. Yeah. That I've had for sure. Now, when that name comes up, Patty Mayonnaise, you know, what, what's like the first thought that, you know, do you get transported back in time or is it just something that you've lived with? Or what is that feeling like when somebody's like, oh, man, this is Patty, you know? I mean, just pure joy. Yeah. And what an incredible young woman she was. Yeah. And um, uh, she was one of those characters that boys liked as well as girls like. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Jim was pretty much ahead of his time or not even. He was just relevant yeah. always. And uh, the look of the show, the color of the characters, the, that he had this strong young girl mm -hmm. who everybody liked. And um, he, he was, yeah, he was where we should always be. And he just figured it out. And it seemed kind of effortlessly because that's who he is. Yeah, I can say out of all the char characteristics, excuse me, um, you know, you had the strong female lead back in a time where you really didn't have a strong female lead. However, one of my my favorite things is a guy that can't tan at all. I am super, I'm white as hell. I just can't get a tan to save my life. I go from red back to lily white. Yeah. You had <laughs> the best tan in any cartoon <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, what color tan? I mean, that yeah. was what was, I mean, that's why this show keeps coming back. And I do think people still talk about it. It had a great innocence to it. And um said a lot at the same time now, and, when, when you were when you were doing this show you said uh when when you guys all got together you would go into the same studio in the booth and work together um before that before you guys were shooting that had you had met any of these other voice actors I know you said you came from an acting world so no I hadn't met any of them I hadn't met any of them and um uh Billy was doing uh, two characters, you know, he was doing Doug and Roger. And yeah. I think um, because we were all together and he and I had a fair amount of stuff to do together, I felt like I was the luckiest person in the world to sort of watch and listen to what he was doing, what Fred was doing. I mean, there are so many sounds. It's not just people talking that go into this to bring it to life. And Fred, I, like it, it was foreign to me, but I didn't know any of any of the people involved. And I knew uh, Fran Brill a little bit from Sesame Street because she was doing Zoe and um, knew of her, but I, I walked into a world I hadn't been in before, for sure. Now, when, when you guys are, you know, just starting, did you guys do any like team building exercises? You guys all go out to dinner, try to get to know each other? Or how does that usually work when you, when you meet a new actor or actress? Right. Um, we didn't, we didn't do that. Um, I think the way that we kind of bonded was for me was there would be a lot of, and it's hilarious, a lot of group hubbub sounds mm. yeah. that just go into, and you're ridiculous. You know, they're not lies, but it's just like chewing or, um, you know, you're at a beach concert and you're laughing and you're making some ridiculous thing. And to me, that's how we all bonded in sort of the ridiculousness of all these grown-ups squished in a booth mm -hmm. you know what it is it's it's why we watch cartoons it's because you're a child yeah. and you can be a child again and so we were all in like a sandbox mm -hmm. you know together playing yeah 
and you immediately, I mean, I wish we all did that as adults, you know, that we all met at a playground and were on the swings mm -hmm. because there is something about that immediately sort of connects you on a very silly level. And so, you know, going out to, you know, for a drink after, I mean, this stuff was shot in the early morning. Yeah. Um, so we weren't, nobody was nobody was doing that, but it was uh, being allowed to be a child with a group of other children and playing uh, immediately connects you. Yeah. Um, when, when you guys are doing that and you guys are connecting and playing and feeding off of each other, um, mm -hmm. was it, it, was it hard to pick up like that cadence or that rhythm, you know, from going from that acting to voice acting or? Uh, no, because I was surrounded by like five or six masters at what they do. Yeah. And um, I had all these great teachers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And I mean, there was one time, like I said, I only did Patty's voice. Everybody else was, they were doing two or three characters. Yeah. Um, one time Jim asked me if I could do Patty's father's voice. Mm -hmm. There was a scene with him and, you know, nobody else was around. There wasn't anybody that could do it that day. He had like two lines or something. And I'm like, okay. And I was really nervous. And I was like, okay, yeah. And then I low, tried to lower my voice, right, and do something. He's like, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> At least he was honest right off the bat. No, he's like, no, that's not going to work. And he got like, I don't know, like an a, a AD or somebody to do it. You know, somebody that was sitting around that. So. Um, I learned so much from listening to what everybody else was doing. Was I able to pick it up and sort of do probably not, but you know what? They didn't need to. And I was like, I had the, this amazing character and I loved her and it was like, I'm just gonna, yeah. But because of that, I think my voice is very recognizable. You know, if I was Fred, I don't know whether, because he's done so many and Billy yeah. and they've done so, whether you would, I mean, you would know, okay, that's his voice, mm -hmm. but you would put me with her. Yeah. Not I mean, with other characters. You, you're you, like, I said, you got a very distinct voice. And like yeah. I said, I heard it before I even saw you on the TV with, Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is very strange when people will stop me and they're not, I mean, they might not be stopping about Orange, they'll be stopping about Patty. And it's like they might have heard me say one thing. Because you don't know that I'm, I mean, because it was a cartoon character, you wouldn't yeah. put my face with her, you would put a voice with her. Did they get any, like, I, I've talked to a few, few of you guys that have done voice acting and you always see whenever you talk to them, you see them that you guys got mannerisms. And then sometimes the animators will animate those mannerisms into oh, yeah. the character. Um, yeah. Did you ever remember looking at it and like, oh man, they, they definitely pulled that from me or did, did you leave any mannerisms or leave well, any? Well, I mean, at the time I had shorter, very blonde, short hair mm -hmm. and you know, you start, it's like when you're married to somebody and they're like, you both are starting to look alike. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I was starting to, like we were kind of looking alike. You know, I, she had this light hair and um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm, I don't need, tomboy is probably not an expression people use anymore. Yeah. Um, but I was, not girly girly and she wasn't either and she was sportier than i am i'm not sporty but i i could see where yeah you start you do you start feeding off of each other or you don't know whether it's like oh i'm feeding off of what she's doing you you know it's like you pick up from each other simultaneously yeah, I guess. yeah it, it, what you were talking about being married you always you can tell it when you work with somebody as well um, cause whenever, whenever I've went to a new place, you know, I work in the kitchen. So whenever you go to a new place, all the stuff you've learned from working with a set of people, a team, and you kind of bring it over and then you start hearing like, oh man, that was, you know, such and such as expression. And now I'm using it. And now it's crazy to see a new guy use it. Right. So yeah. 
I kind of understand, I understand that hundred percent. And it's really nice. That's how much we sort of impact one another without even, without even knowing it. You just pick up on each other. And yeah, so I would say she and I were picking up on each other's stuff. A little 50 50 type of thing. Yeah, right. Now, when um, uh, you said your you said your son, correct? He was about one when the show really started mm-hmm. rolling. Now, yeah. had he, has he since went back and, you know, started watching that? Or was it something that he was like, oh, that's just mommy? Or how did that work? You know, I, he has seen a lot of the episodes and, um, but you know what, he, that wouldn't be, he was more, um, Cartoon Network. Oh, okay. (laughs) He didn't do Nick and, and, or Disney or Nickelodeon, which is where Doug was playing. No, he was more Ed, Ed and Eddie and like, he grew up with Cartoon Network, and so my daughter did too. So they were not, they weren't. I mean, they they totally appreciate that I did that, but, and, and, um, but they grew up on a different channel. Wavelength. Yeah. Isn't that but, funny? Uh, yeah, it, it really is, because, uh, <laughs> you know, whenever, whenever I have people over and, uh, like, my kids' friends will come over, you know, I'm pretty sure he gets tired of hearing it because they'll hit him in the elbow, like, or they'll hit him in the ribs. They're like, hey, your dad's a really good cook. And he's like, I, I know. I've been doing this. And he's like, yeah, dad cooks. And I always like asking you guys oh, stuff like have, that. Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like kid, like kid, when your kids are up and around you, they're like, it's just what mommy does. It's just what daddy does. You know, it's nothing right. special. Um, and yeah. Then, you know, you're consistently like, oh, have you ever used patty mayonnaise to get out of anything? <laughs> I always, I always like asking that. Like a traffic ticket comes up, a guy's just, you know, he's a Doug fan. You're like, hey man, can I get out of this? That's Patty. You know, have you ever tried to try to use? I ha- no, I do <laughs> not do that. But I'm not going to say that on their end they didn't bring it up and maybe cut me some slack. Yeah. Hopefully, I didn't do anything where I needed all that slack cut. But so <laughs> no, I have not. I've talked to a few guys. I don't use my characters like that. Yes. I've talked to a few guys and then uh, their their kids are what eggs them on. And like, hey, they're going through a drive through like, hey, you know, do Raphael or hey, you know, do Carweez or hey, do this voice. And then they'll order in that voice. And then they've got the entire restaurant laughing and happy and everybody wants to take pictures. So I always like That's asking. So stories like yeah. You know, yeah. so I always like asking and see what you guys have done with the character outside of, you know, this character. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when when Orange is the New Black came around, you know, we're going to segue just a little bit from Doug. Because yeah, I was sure. talking about what you guys have always done. And hopefully we have a little bit of time because I, I want to talk about uh, Fletch Lives because I'm a huge Chevy Chase <laughs> fan and I love that series. Um, okay. But with uh, Orange is the New Black, when that came around, uh, was that just a call from the agent say, hey, we got a role? Or is that something that you knew? Was it yoga class this time or Pilates? <laughs> uh, you know what? That This is... When I um, had my son, I was doing a, a, a TV series for ABC out in Los Angeles called The Faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had had, there was a woman in the show with me, Nancy Lanahan, and she had just had a little girl mm-hmm. and I wanted to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And so I had my son about a year after that, that we had shot that series. And I was, I was back in New York and I'm like, I'm not going to act for a long time mm-hmm. because I want to be a mommy yeah, and I'm going to stay at home with my kid. And, and then I had a daughter and I didn't, act for 15 years I kind of left to be to take care of my kids and on the early side of it I was doing Doug but as far as pursuing or doing anything else I wasn't so about 15 years later um I'm married to an actor and my kids um were getting interested in it yeah and I think I took them to meet um I don't know, a casting friend or something. Mm-hmm. 
And I was to, had been doing other things. I was writing a book. I made a documentary, but I was not acting, anything yeah. like that. So I took them. And one of the casting people that I took them to said, where have you been? Where'd you go? And I'm like, this is where I went. <laughs> yeah. I went they're right here. Yeah. And as they were getting older, and I think I was doing some teaching too. I was like, I used to do this. And so I, at that point, had no agent. I'd been out of the business for like 15 years. And I called a a very close friend who ran his own agency. And I said, can I take you out to lunch? And I took him out to lunch. And I said, you know what? Um, I'm kind of interested in feeling the water out a little bit. And he's like, oh, Conala, the business is so different. <laughs> you know, he was a jaded agent, New Yorker. Yeah. And he's like, you know, everything's by email now. Um, yeah, headshots are in color now, you know. <laughs> so, I'm like, you know, so he pulled me out of the archives and was like kind of upgrading me. And I said, let's just see. So pretty much the first thing he sent me out on was I got these sides, a Netflix show. And I was like, Netflix at that point was to me was the little orange envelopes in the mail that you mail yeah. back in. Um, and cause it was really, really early. And this is going to be a streaming thing. I, I had no idea what they were talking about, but my husband who I said as an actor was doing house of cards. Fantastic show. It was the first show on Netflix. So I was like, well, I have this Netflix thing. And so anyway, also you have to remember, I hadn't auditioned for anything in 15 years. So I was like, I couldn't even remember how to audition. I'm like, do you prepare? Do you (laughs) memorize? And so, so I got these sides and she was a yoga teacher. And, um, so I, uh, I was like, oh, this is based on a book and once when I got the part and I'll go back, everybody had read the book to prepare. I was like, Oh, it's written. It's like on some book. I was just so out of it. And I was still in mommy world that I wasn't really thinking, Oh, maybe it'd been useful to read the book. Maybe anyway. So I learned the stuff and I show up and it was a new world because things were being done on tape and everything was being taped. And this was a room full of so many diverse women auditioning to play this character. And I, uh, you know, went over there and was, I have never taken a, I had never taken a yoga class in my life. So I wasn't even, I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. And I w- was put on tape and I left. And because it was sort of a first experience auditioning again, I was more like, thank Thank God I lived through it and I didn't have a breakdown on camera. (laughs) And I think it was maybe the next day, um, like my agent friend called and said, well, you you got this Netflix series. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? What does that even mean? Where where is it shot? Like all of a sudden I was like, I'm not leaving the kids, the family, you know, where is it? And he was like, it was, it's in uh, Queens. And it's a recur and blah, blah, blah. So I thought, because I didn't prepare that well, and Jen Houston, who cast, I hope she's not listening here. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought she was a yoga teacher that came in and out of the prison, that Mm -hmm. she wasn't an inmate. And I didn't know she was an inmate until I went for the wardrobe fitting and I thought they were going to give me some cute little Lululemon um, (laughs) yoga pants and all this stuff and she pulls out this like really boxy set of you know um, sweatpants and it was awful (laughs) and I was like oh I'm surprised that you're I thought you were getting they're like you're an inmate and I had to have the wardrobe person tell me so that's how underprepared I was and then, so, um, you know, the rest is history. That, that, that is such an insane chapter in probably every woman's life, every 
actress life who was on the show. For me, it was a reentry into a world that I had left. Yeah. Um, not the prison world, but the acting world. <laughs> but I was, um, it was, I hadn't, I hadn't been in that, that world for a really long time. So to me, it was uh, a, a re-entry into a, a, a world that I had loved. Mm -hmm. And um, I was very, very lucky to have that opportunity. And no one knew that the show would be a hit. I mean, I guess like the same question about Doug, which you, did you know that this was going to go crazy? I actually thought there wouldn't be an audience for it. I mean, it was, it's a fantastic show. Like it, it hooked me off of the first episode. It was your, like I said, it was your, your voice. When I saw my wife watching it, we had to start going back and watching more episodes. Cause I think she was five, six episodes into the first season. I'm like, I want to watch this too. And it was very rarely do you see a show that shot movie that shot that has so many characters and oh, so, yeah. many, so many characters that are just, they're intertwining with each other. No one's, you got characters that stand out in their standalone episodes where it shows where and how they got to prison or what they did or some of the stuff that led them to where they were at. But you very rarely do you see a show that had no filler episodes. There was not one episode in the entire series that just felt like they yeah. just needed 90 minutes here. Or they needed 60 minutes here, whatever it was. Everything felt like it had a purpose. Um, yeah, and you said you were saying it. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, there were huge, huge show and got bigger yeah. as it went along. I mean, every season, all of these new characters came in that, there wasn't anyone that didn't have an impact and that shouldn't have been there. Yeah. When whatever, you know, whatever they did from Lori Chin's Chang mm -hmm. who, to who would come in and out. I think she ran like the little concession thing yeah. at the prison and, um, uh, you know, to, to the bigger characters, but it was like everybody, had a reason to be there and was a puzzle piece that had to be there in order for it to be a complete picture. And in, in the seeds you guys sown, you know, in the early episodes that came to fruition yeah. and grew once it hit the season finale, the series finale or mid season, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. It was, like I said, it was just a fantastic show. And you'd been out, you said for 15 years at that point on that oh, first yeah. day of shooting what was going through your mind or your, what was your body doing at that? I point? was freaking out. Yeah. I was freaking out. I was, I was having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I, I was so freaked out and there was, this was huge. This wasn't like you're showing up and there's um, a, a crew of five people yeah. and that you've got a couple of actors and you're doing, this was huge. And um, I think the first day, I can't, I can't remember if I shot my scene, I had never met Taylor, if I had shot my big sort of, she has this whole thing about a mandala. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a big, it was a big scene and we were at the cafeteria. Uh, anytime that the, the shots were, you'd look on the call sheet and it was in the cafeteria, you knew there were like a million people in there. Yeah. So it was cafeteria shot and you, all the little numbers of people that are gonna show up and they're so small that there's so many people that mm -hmm. you are. So I was walked into that. I think that was the first day and so many crew, so many extras, so many. And we were at this table in the cafeteria and I had this really intimate scene with Taylor. And she was just starting to. Mm -hmm. and, and it really, not that it calmed me down, but knowing this was like her first day or this was, and Piper who wrote it was also there watching. And for Taylor that was really scary. She was playing, you know, we were all playing real people or a lot of us were. Yeah. So there's this added sort of um, responsibility 
to be a truthful person. And even though you're not going to be that person, you, you want to be a real truthful um, essence. Yeah. And so Taylor had that on her back. And, you know, when you are shooting the first episode of something, you're setting a tone, you're setting, it's really scary. And when you realize everybody there is under some pressure. So, you know, even though I, you could hear my heart beating out of my body, it was beating so loud. And um, she kind of expressed, I think Taylor expressed her own angst. Mm -hmm. And that sort of does calm you down but it it took it took a couple episodes for me to feel like I had my sea legs back. What were uh, what were some of those? How long were some of those days? Um, would you? Oh guys my gosh! Remember? Really, really long. Yeah. And um, the more people that are in a scene, the longer the day is going to be. Um, How come? There just because you've got to get so much coverage. So, you know, in a big cafeteria, there might be 10 different points in the cafeteria room. You've got to get coverage. Each time you cover that, you have to turn the camera, the equipment, everything gets moved. And, you know, so moving the equipment and resetting up can take hours. Yeah. Um, a couple of days that I remember being really really long there was I I think it was the season finale of now I can't remember which season we were in a lake oh uh was it maybe three or yeah it was like three going into four oh, or it was three, three because yeah. number four I think is when Pousset died and that yeah. finale was the uh, one of the longest days too and it was a, it was devastating that day because you know, you love a character as a viewer, you love a character, but as an ensemble of actors, you love that actress. Yeah. And of all of the people to have that, she was such the heart and soul of so much. So it was devastating for everybody. And so you're, you're shooting that, but the day at the lake, it was November and the water was really cold. Yeah. And we were all in sort of like wetsuits under our, our wardrobe and they had heat tents set up and it went on and on. So there are some days that are really, really long. Yeah. I mean, one time when uh, the whole Judy King thing and we were on the roof late at night, our call to get there was 11 o'clock at night. So, you know, you're there through the entire night. So, yeah. um, some days can be really long and it all depends on how many actors are in the scene. Really when you're lucky and it's a gift to be able to have a scene on a show like orange that has so many characters where it's a one-on-one -on -one scene, yeah. you know, you're going to get out in a reasonable amount of time because it's just two people. Yeah. But that show didn't have, there weren't lots of those there. were. I mean, for me, cause I was a recur, I was usually with a lot of people. Now, with that scene you were talking about when Pus that was one of not only the hardest things to watch, and then a few years later, you know, you see it on live TV or uh -huh. see it on social media in real life. Um, such a tragic event. But, you know, you know that when you're watching a TV show, you're watching a cartoon and to an extent, you know, it's fake. But you guys, and I've said this with, with voice actors and actresses and actors before, you guys take, even though the character's three-dimensional inside what we're watching, it's a two-dimensional character that you guys go and make it into a three-dimensional character. And her being the heart and soul of that entire show, I was not ready. For, like, it, it, it caught me off guard. Like, now something's going to happen. Like, Tasty's going to knock him over. Something's going to happen where yeah. she's not going to die. And then when she died, I just, my, my eyes started watering. I was trying so hard not to cry. Like I'm like thinking about it now, trying so hard not to just go back down that road. But it was one of the most worst times ever being a fan of a show. Cause you know, everybody's char favorite characters is generally 
red or you know you and crazy eyes it's generally those but when you see such a character that is so loved that everybody always had great things to say about her character and then her legs literally just taken out from underneath of her um with with scenes like that you know what is going obviously if it's a listening response like that for me or anybody else i'm pretty sure you guys are going through a lot of the same stuff Um, oh absolutely and what do you do to cope with you that? You know, to be Danielle Brooks, who is over there sobbing, take after take, uh, Uzo over there, all of these um, women that had spent four years with Samira's character. Yeah. Um, because the thing about the show we were put in little tribes. I mean, that's just what happened. Here were the white girls, here were the African-American women, you know, it, the, uh, and it was, so I, um, I didn't have tons of opportunities to work with those actresses because yeah. I just wasn't in their scenes. Mm-hmm. And um, the loss that, those women had for Pousset, um, really, I mean, I'm, it was devastating. I know it was devastating for me and I wasn't in her tribe. I wasn't yeah. in her group. And those, uh, you know, Danielle and Samira had, were buddies from the beginning of this show. And I think it was, it was really shocking Mm-hmm. to everybody on the show and I can't even remember when I found out that was going to happen I don't know whether it was the actual day that it just we didn't get the I don't know whether I knew that that was happening that much sooner too yeah. but um you know I think the point being that you know what character would make the biggest impact if she um, yeah. had to be killed that way. And it was definitely Pousset because she, everybody loved her so much. Yeah. Like I said, she, she did, yeah. she just knocked that role out of the park and yeah. we'll segue just a little bit of happier things. Uh, just cause yeah. I, it's just, like I said, it was such a, such a huge bummer seeing that character go. Yeah. It was terrible. Um, terrible. Uh, and that was a very long day. Yeah. I, I can only imagine. And I can pretty sure, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys did not really sleep that well yeah. You know, that night. Um, but I've asked this question numerous times to, to a whole bunch of different people. Never. What is food like on the set with this stuff, with uh, shows like this? What is the food like? Yeah. I mean, do you guys eat pretty good or is it just like, oh, I just got to eat something to get some energy type of thing? Okay. Well, there's two foods. There are the foods that you are asked to eat mm-hmm. in the show itself. And if you were going to ask me what that tasted like, I would say, I don't know, because I did anything I could to avoid that. (laughs) So some of the best acting going on is watching people pretend they're eating. Yeah. (laughs) Because you are pushing it around the plate. Mm -hmm. You're mid bite maybe or you go to the one thing that actually looks like something that you could get down without gagging (laughs) and it's usually something like a piece of bread so there's a lot of soaking bread now you know this was prison food which wasn't food that you've been preparing in your career so (laughs) it was so gross so nasty so there's that food, right? And then there's the food, then there's craft service food. And then there's the food that'll go around that's actually been prepared and you can, you know, can give yourself some nutrition. Yeah. Um, you know, we all live in such a funny age where everybody's foods have gotten so individualized and due to allergies or diet or just whatever nutritional guru you're following at the time. So I think most people brought their own stuff. Yeah. Now you you live pretty close to when, where you guys were filming, right? Well, I'm in Manhattan. And so we shot at Kaufman, a store, you know, Astoria studio. So it was in Queens. So it took me 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes to get there. Now when, when something like that, do they, I always like hearing or like asking these type of questions because 
it's something I, I like knowing that inside baseball about what you guys do. Um, is it, is it like a normal job? Like you guys have, you know, breaks, a lot of breaks and you can like walk off set and go get something to eat. Or do you guys have to, once you're there, you're there type of thing. Um, once you're there, you're there. Like, you know, I just took this. subway there and I would get a cut like a really like 5 a.m. call um you know there are rules like I don't know whether it's before six you would get um you know the way they treat the transportation you know I think there's reimbursement or you would if uh, some of the stuff the out the exterior scenes were shot outside of the city Okay. All the prison scenes inside were shot at the studios, but we had location um, shots. So a lot of the times, you know, obviously the lake, for example, but anytime you were outside of the prison, we shot in, I think the name of the town was Orangeburg, actually, and shot about, how far was that? Maybe 35 minutes out of the city, and we were in vans yeah. going there, but you would get, you know, there'd be lunch break. And I mean, the thing about acting, you're in downtime so much of the time yeah. anyway. So it's like you're on break the majority of the day because you're waiting for the next scene or you're waiting for the setup of your scene. Do you know what I mean? So it's like your actual time. Now that I'm speaking as a recur on that show. Yeah. So, you know, ask Laura Prepon or Taylor or Kate Mulgrew what they were doing. They had a fuller day than I would have. So my experience is there's a lot of waiting around. You're on like break a wait. lot. It's like a hurry up and wait type of situation. So. Yeah, you're, you're paid to wait. Yeah. You are. You're waiting a lot. And it's difficult because you can have this great scene and you're waiting and you're waiting. And by the time that you're called to do it, you're like out of it. You've yeah. taken a nap. You've read 50 <laughs> pages of something. Else. You know, what? and then you have to like get yourself back in that character, some idea of the scene. Yeah. Now, what what is your method as far as getting into either the head of the character or getting into that that? specific scene i mean do you have a um like a ritual yeah. or do you have what's your process you know what people ask that a lot and it's like i give the worst answer because i don't have one no um clearly from my preparation story for the audition but you know what for That's me story <laughs> it's my life it's my yeah. life experience it's like i'm connie mm -hmm. i'm coming to um, play this character named Erica Jones. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not the woman, the real woman, but I can connect with her. I can connect. I've never been in prison, but I certainly can connect to making a mistake yeah. and, um, to feeling lost or lonely or, man, am I the only one that sees this experience this way or find something to hold on to help you get through a really rough time? Like I can connect to that without having that woman's experience of that. So the similarities, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like my life experience. So I'm going to come in and I'm going to go, okay, she's trapped. Yeah. She's trapped and she's looking to meditation or yoga to give her a sense of um escape or control or something and it's like okay what do i do i i find crap to help me feel better whether it's a vacuum i'm i'm an obsessive vacuumer <laughs> now do you do you uh because we just got one i've got four dogs and i've got one cat um four cats that's why yeah. we vacuum well, yeah. yeah, so um, I got uh, the the two that I have. They're the bigger dogs. They're huskies, and they have both have long fur. Um, so we got this. Uh, oh shit! What is the Dyson? Did you get a Dyson? Well, we have the Dyson push, but we have this little one that uh, it's self emptying, and it it's like a Roomba type of thing. 
And then it'll just be the entire house. It's fantastic because instead of going and vacuuming two or three times a day because of the dog's hair and the cat's hair, um, that does it when we're not here. And then all I have to do is just do it one more time. And then I mop every night and it's completely cut down my cleaning time. This sounds like a sponsored ad by room, but it's really not, but they're expensive. Um, but it's, it's a great tool to have. So I don't know if you, if you'd look into having one of those or not. I thank you very much. You know, I'm getting some stuff from this podcast <laughs> here and this is a gift, a pearl that you've given me that I'll, this is the stuff you need. So, <laughs> yeah, but the point is we can all, um, if you are, if you've chosen to be an artist in your profession, um, and being a chef is an artist, you want to make food that people love yeah, because you love food, I would think. And you love the pleasure it brings to people. And it's the same, you know, it's like you're an actress. You want people to love that character or walk in that person's shoes and know and empathize and understand and find like, I'm not that person, but I can understand why that person made the choices they did. Yeah. And, um, so you, you draw on yourself and that, that's what I do. Other people, you know, I went to theater school. I did the theater games and all the prep stuff. I don't use any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, uh, I generally, I, po- I always post and I'm going to pull them up because I got a few questions that people had asked that they want to ask you. I always put oh, okay. That's nice. I always put it out there like, Hey, I'm going to be interviewing and speaking. To-. And I don't like saying the word interview because I want to, even though I am asking you questions and it's a conversation. Yeah, right? That's what I like. You know, it's just, we're talking about vacuums and we're talking about food and <laughs> we're talking about dogs and shit. So it's just like, I like it going all over the place, but nonetheless, there are some people that really wanted to know, um, know some stuff. So my brother was actually the first one to respond to this. <laughs> and uh, the, the thing he was asking is, it says, how does it make you feel knowing that your movie and or TV shows that you've worked on, uh, are some of the greatest of all times, meaning Doug and Orange is the New Black and slash cult classics. How does that make you feel? Or what is, does that weird to you or? No, I feel really lucky. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel really grateful and I feel really lucky. You know, it's really hard being an artist, a chef, yeah. a musician, an actress, any type of, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people want to do it and a lot of people are really good at it and want to do it and are struggling. So, you know, I look back and I've been really lucky to be in some great films and some great projects. I mean, I get stopped a lot about fried green tomatoes and, um, you know, I had a silly, ridiculous little role in there. But the movie was wonderful and has resonated with a lot of people. You brought up Flep, Fletch Lives before. I can't tell you many people have said that movie has resonated deeply with them. But. I'm a huge I'm a huge Chevy fan. I, I love yeah. that. I don't know if it's slapstick comedy, but I love that style of comedy. That just wacky zane. It's just super silly. Yeah, of course. And right. it, it, I don't know what it was. I probably sat down and watched it with my grandpa, and it's just one of those fond memories I have. I think um, that was my first movie. Yes, and I was totally freaking out there too because I I love Chevy Chase also, and I hadn't done a movie before. And they're like, "Your film is on an airplane with Chevy Chase," Mm -hmm. and it was like Saturday Night Live, Chevy Chase. What? (laughs) And you know, and I sat next to him on an airplane, and we had this scene together, and he was pretty intimidating. I gotta say. He's a big guy too. Um, like I said, I, I've loved all the stuff that he's he's done. He's just one of those guys that's just. Yeah. You know, what did you pick up anything, or did he like he take you under his wing type of thing? Like, hey, you know, give you an. Oh interview. no. No. <laughs> no, there was no being taken under his wing. Oh, I mean, okay. he would have thrown me on the wing on the airplane, but no, <laughs> he was not taking me under his wing. He was actually, I remember he was sort of a prankster, trickster a little bit because he knew I was totally green and I was sitting there and I I had had a nose job or something in the scene. So my entire nose was all taped up in the scene and I was all black and blue. 
So I looked ridiculous and I'm sitting next to him on the, in this interior set, you know, of an airplane. And I had the scene and he would push the little button to push my seat back. <laughs> so he did that a couple times and he was completely, he was like, yeah, I was a goof. He, yeah. no, he was not mentoring me or trying to make my day easier no he was being ridiculous which was him and it was fun and um but that was my my first film experience i can't i'm you know uh i'm sure there have been a lot of people that have mentored in their own ways without knowing that they're doing it and you know what in a weird way what did i walk away with from chevy chase don't take yourself too seriously on your first day of a something you know what i mean i mean that's good that's good advice and it, it really and it is. Yeah. that's exactly right and so you pick up little bits from all these people that you work with that goes back to what we were saying earlier i go from one place to the next i'm saying what jake was saying i'm saying what sam was saying you that's know, so that's right yeah. You don't, you pass on those little, you know, tidbits that somebody yeah. gets you, you know, I'm going to walk away from this with a new vacuum. So it's like, exactly. you, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, and else, it's a vacuum. <laughs> well, I love these. I love the podcast yeah. environment. I think it's really, I think it's really nice. And I, um, and, and to have an opportunity to meet somebody new and sort of share experiences of something that was very meaningful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Doug was very meaningful in my life. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift to do this. So I really appreciate you um, wanting to talk to me. Uh, like, like I said, man, I, this, <clears throat> excuse me, got all choked up there for a second. We talk about vacuums. And uh, we, we, we sidelined here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. This medium alone, like this year has been super crazy. Um, there's a lot of this going on now. It's people are communicating through a computer, people communicating through a phone. And with as much crazy shit is going on, it's always nice to talk to the people you looked up to and you still look up to and then find out not only are they human, right? Because yeah, you, you get this sense of, sense of like, oh, this guy is going to be this way or this lady is going to be this way or vice versa. And it's very refreshing because I've talked to some people on here and they just don't want to talk or they're very guarded, I guess, is a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always refreshing when I can sit here and tell you about a great vacuum I bought. Or <laughs> we can talk about Chevy Chase hitting your buttons and making your seat go up and down. So, right. you know, like I said, it's always fun. And it's an incredible opportunity as we're living in sort of a masked um, time in our lives. We can see somebody's full face on yeah. here. <laughs> and it's very up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And this whole Zoom world that we're living in has made it like that. But look, where else would I be able to see where you actually live? I'm on a blank wall here because I was just <laughs> trying to make it. But believe me, there's a lot going on in here too. And um you, you kind of feel like it's it's a little bit more personal yeah so, and that's that's what we're that's what we're missing in this day of a day and age of social media and everything being done on a computer because you can lose a lot through a text or through a phone call even because oh, of course. i'm super animated my hands are always going all over the place yeah um you know so you miss that somewhat of a connection but when it's face to face eyeball to eyeball peepers to peepers type of thing you know, you, I think you get more out of it. You feel like you're actually talking to somebody vice somebody yeah. else is going through the motions, I suppose. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, it, like I said, it's been fun. So we'll wrap it up with just a couple more. Okay. Um, and then the next one was, ah, oh, shit, I can't pronounce that name. Sorry, whoever that, <laughs> I can't pronounce their last name. Um, <laughs> however, they wanted to know, uh, was Patty Mayonnaise or was Yoga Jones? Who was more of you? with those scenes or who, who, uh, who resonated more, I guess. Oh, um, well, I guess how I would answer it is, um, those were at two very different points in my life, those characters. So, um, Patty was, um, early mommy time Mm -hmm. for me. And, um, I, and yoga was 
much older kids and had lived more life. Yeah. And, you know, I guess um, the fragility or the vulnerability of Yoga Jones um, touched me very, very deeply. At the same time, the, the spunk and um, charm of this young girl um, spoke to me. So, you know, it was weird because you're, you're experiencing these characters at very different times in your life. They're going to have very different meanings and they're going to resonate differently. So she was, uh, Patty was probably very true to have that because I had a little kid. So I was digging into a little kid myself much later. I've lived through a lot more and can also step into Yoga Jones and shoes and understand how life can throw you hardballs. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. I like seeing that duality, that that young, yeah. before you kind of, when you lose your innocence type of thing. And then exactly. you get out of mommy and daddy's house and you really experience some shit and you see some stuff and you've been around and had When your you're a parent and, and you've yeah. had a child, yeah. you, you're, you, um, you age in a different way. I think, I think it's for the better, you know, cause I have Absolutely. a 10 year old, right. And I had, I had him in 2012. No, I'm sorry. 2010. Cause 2012 was a different time frame. Um, 2010. And I was, I think 20, 21, somewhere around there. And being, that's not that young to have a kid, but like it's young. It's young. I was 38 when I had my first kid. It's young. You know, so it's it's that. And then coupled with being deployed consistently and then being freshly yeah. married, it was, you have to grow up quick. And I was always one of those guys that I didn't party. I didn't care for it. I don't drink. Um, you know, so it was just, I had other things. I like cartoons, TV shows, movies, wrestling, that type of stuff. Um, you know, so it's crazy. You know, a year before you have a kid, and then you follow up. If you could do a check-in with yourself a year after, the growth alone is just outstanding and phenomenal and weird in a sense because you go from this to still doing this type of stuff. But now there's a little person that you guys created between you and your spouse and they do stuff like you or they look like you and they've got their own little personality. And then you kind of have to grow up quicker than they're growing up. Right. So, I mean, it's got to stay it's, a little bit ahead to be yeah. able to, because, you know, you want to be able to handle the curveballs that are going to come their way. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I mean. I sort of, um, and it's very hard to watch yourself on screen, seeing sort of the weatheredness of me as Yoga Jones. I, I could see, wow, I've lived a lot of life since the patty days for sure well i mean it's it's you've done such a fantastic job with what you've done you know not very very many people would put their kids ahead of their career um you know when i was in the navy i kind of had to put not him on the back burner but when the government said i had to go somewhere i had to go somewhere so i I I, you know so now with with you know what i'm doing now i don't give a shit what it is it could be my food career it could be this podcasting career he'll always come first yeah you know if, if I can physically be there emotionally be there mentally be there I will be there you know um and, and I think most parents feel that way it's just you're incredibly lucky and fortunate if you are able to say I'm going to stay and and help and and be home with them and so those 15 years the luckiest uh, yeah I felt like the luckiest person in the world to be able to do that those people aren't financially able to just say I'm gonna stay at home and take care of you and it's a gift to be able to do that absolutely when when they're when they're a little older they're gonna realize man mom really went through the ringer for us. She put so much on hold for us. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're really going to look back and they're like, wow, this was fantastic. No, they, they absolutely do. They do that. Yes. Yeah. 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 With the last question and then we'll wrap it up. If you had a choice, Patty, yoga, 
they came to you and said, we will green light one series, solo series for you. Which one are you taking? Are you taking Patty or are you taking yoga? Oh. <laughs> well, I guess um, I, I'd sort of like to revisit Patty, honestly. Now, would you take Patty as a teenager or do you want Patty with a couple kids? And I want Patty know? with a couple of kids. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So make right. it happen, Julian. Make it happen. I'm, I'm making dreams come true with vacuums and dr uh, hopefully a new show coming out. <laughs> I like Jim show. Jenkins, wherever <laughs> you are, if you're listening, how fun to revisit those characters older. I mean, they did it with Rugrats. Why not Doug? In my opinion, exactly. Doug was better than Rugrats. Well, you and but I are putting it out there. That was an excellent question from whoever sent it in. You're a, you're such an easy person to talk to. Thank you so much for thinking of me to do this. And, um, you know, just keep cooking and keeping a great dad. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, before, before we let it go, is there anything that you're working on that you can talk about? Or is there anything that you would like people to know that you're working on? Um, okay, well, I have been writing a book about being a young girl growing up in East Tennessee for about 10 years. I am coming down the end here. You know, we're living in a crazy thing. So as an actress, projects that I have have all been on Zoom. Everything got shut down. It's coming back to life. But I have been doing so many amazing Zoom plays on here. So, um, you know, I'd have to give a million different little, you know, links to find them. But just know that there is um, life as an actor is still going on. Things are starting back up. But I've been spending a lot of this time writing, probably like a lot of people have been. Okay. When we, uh, when I post this one, uh, when I release this video for the podcast, I'll yeah. get with you and then I'll make sure I get some of those links so we can put them oh. into, into the description so people can go and check you out. Sounds um, great. I have been Julian at End My Head Pod. You can see us down at the screen. This has been Connie. Connie, it was fun. It was fantastic. I can't wait to do this again down the road. I hope you have a great time. Hug yeah. those kids and hopefully you can get a new vacuum right after this call. Thank you so much, Julian. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for checking out the What's in My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.